Hi everyone and welcome to episode 13 of the Therapeutic Rainbow and I'm very happy to welcome Cathy Spooner today and she is a licensed social worker and play therapist over in the United States so very excited to have her here so do you want to tell us a bit more about who you are Cathy? Yes I'm so excited to be here. Um, so I'm a, a clinical social worker, licensed clinical social worker here in the United States and a registered play therapist supervisor. I've been working with families for probably over 30 years now in okay. different, different capacities. Probably, honestly, if I added all the experience, it would probably be more like 40. <laughs> yeah. Which it seems weird to be able to say I have 40 years of experience. Exciting, May. Yeah. Sorry, that's my dog. She goes. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, so, where is the kind of basis of your work? Is it with the children or with the parents? I work both, actually. I work um, with children, adolescents. It, adults, families, mostly I would say my work is predominantly with children, adolescents, and families. Yeah. So I, I do a lot of work with parents and help them to like help their child in the moment. Because here's the way that I look at it as a therapist, my job is really to help parents um, figure out what works most effectively with their child and help their child because they're going to be in their child's life long term. Absolutely. And I'm going to be a short episode. I yeah. always try to be a good episode, but I'm a short episode. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So what are your kind of top tips? Because obviously with lockdowns and everything going on, there's a lot of struggles for parents. And I guess it's thinking about what we can do to help them and top tips that they can do in an everyday situation with their children. Yeah, I yeah, I think parents are having to juggle a lot. Um, so if they're working, they're having to figure out their work. If their work employment got cut off, yeah. and there's the financial stressors, but it's a financial stressor if they didn't cut off, get cut off, but they've got to work. I don't know about in the UK, in various states here, sometimes kids, depends on the state and the jurisdiction, some some kids are in school. Yeah. Where I live, it's 100% online, which is okay. hard when you're a kindergartner or Absolutely. a first grader to be in school online. Um, and so I, I do think parents are having to juggle a lot of hats, plus because of the whole school thing, that's stressful anyway. Yeah. My, my main tip that I try to talk to parents about is co-regulation. Okay. And one of the ways to be able to effectively co-regulate with your child is if you do your own self-care um, to help get yourself in a helpful place so that you, you know, cause when we're tired, when we're cranky and nobody's going to do this hundred percent all the time. I always tell parents, it is not about being a perfect parent because that is set up for failure. Absolutely. Um, 
It is really about being good enough more often than not. Thank God. Um, and so really just figuring out what you need to make sure you're getting your needs met. It's a lot like when you're riding the airplane, you know, you're, you're on the tarmac, yeah. the stewardess or the steward comes out and they tell you if you lose air and oxygen in the cabin, make sure you put the air mask on first. Yeah. Because if you don't get air for yourself, you're not going to have air for your child. So it's a lot like that. And that's a balance because sometimes as parents, we have to forego our needs in the moment a little bit in order to help our child. So those finding those times when you can fill up your, your gas tank, so to speak. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that the co-regulation piece is really about kind of being able to be the steady calm influence in the storm until the storm passes. Yeah. I like to use the analogy of a roller coaster. Okay. So our kids get on the roller coaster ride. Uh, parents need to stay on the platform and not get on the roller coaster with them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's about just yeah. kind of balancing it out really and finding out what works for them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I think it is a balancing act. And the, the thing about helping kids through their stress is their emotion circuits are developing, meaning from birth, those neural circuits are developing in order to regulate emotions. That's one of the key aspects of emotion regulation yeah. and attachment. Um, one of the things I love, Alan Shore, he's one of the early attachment, um, right? He did a lot of work with the right brain circuitry okay. and attachment and those, those early neural connections. Um, and he called attachment, he reframed it as a, a regulatory theory. Okay. Because of the way that the neuroscience shows the influence of that early relationship and those early neural pathways getting developed. And so kids are, kids are relying on their parents to learn how to regulate their emotions. And that in turn helps to influence that neural circuitry that gets developed. Okay. Because yep. stress is a part of life. I mean, it's stressful. Living is stressful. It's not about I don't think it's about pursuing happiness as much as it is about pursuing resiliency because out of resiliency comes the ability to maintain calm and peace yeah. no matter what the circumstances because it's it's stressful in different periods in our life it will be stressful it's the same for our kids absolutely stressful and especially in the time we're living in now the stress has been brought to the top to the surface level for both parents and children. And I guess we don't know as parents how to ride the storm. So how are the children supposed to know? Yeah, it's scary. It's scary because, you know, we don't have a magic ball. We can't see what happens. Um, I, I am a firm believer in this though. The more resilient we can become, the more ability that we have to tolerate the emotional distressors will give us the ability to 
I call it engage our frontal lobes. Yep. Those areas of our brain that can help us do the problem solving, that can help us plan things out. And those are the areas of the brain that are also helpful for regulating emotions. We need those areas as well. And if if we're in a at a point of you know our system and our brain is on hyper alert all the time, looking for danger, danger, danger. Will Robinson. That's what I always say. That <laughs> I don't know. Lost in space reference there. Yeah. Um, then, then we're not going to be able to effectively navigate. Yeah. And that's really what it's about is really learning how to successfully navigate. And that requires that we manage our emotions to be able to keep our frontal lobes <laughs> engaged. And sometimes in order to do that, we've got to let other things go. Yeah. Like if we're going through a really stressful time, we have to readjust what our priorities are and what we're able to accomplish during that time. Yeah, absolutely. And kind of let go really of the the pressures that we put on ourselves and just kind of live for the moment and live at the time. And thinking about resilience then, how do you equip the children that you're working with, with those kind of resilient skills? Um, a lot of times when kids come and see me, when parents bring their kids, um, they're anxious yeah, and they're either anxious and kind of freezing and don't separate from their parents or they won't sleep at night because you're having nightmares all night, or they're just worried about everything and anything. And it doesn't even make sense what they're worried about because it's not even possible what they're worried about. Um, and that triggers a lot of emotional meltdowns because their little emotion circuits are completely overwhelmed or they're aggressive and acting out on others. That's not helpful either. And, uh, or they're depressed and sad. So yeah. those, those are usually the reasons parents will bring their kids in. And the resiliency piece, and here's what I tell parents all the time, I, it's, it's, it's more about finding out how to help them have skills, yeah. change their mindset and use their parents for support. Okay. Because they, my mom is 81 years old. When I am stressed, I call my mommy. I need <laughs> my mommy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like that never changes. Uh, my kids are young adults and they're out um, on their own now. And they're actually on the other side of the world. And we still will set up video chats or we'll find ways to chat and I'll, you know, give them encouragement and they'll tell me what they're stressed about or, or we gripe about the state of affairs yeah. <laughs> you know, together. Um, so kids need their parents to help them. Yeah. You know, it's those connections. What are the strong connections that we can have? Because I really don't, we're not wired to be alone. We're wired to be connected. It's part of survival, being able to stay connected and um, help each other out and deal with stressors. Yeah. So that, that to me is the, the resiliency piece is what what's triggering my emotions yeah 
targeting that for change, which is usually ch challenging those negative beliefs or the, I call them the lies we tell ourselves. Yeah. Um, Brene Brown, who is one of my favorite authors would call it, you know, our, our shame talk. Kids have it too, parents have it too. And I, I have this firm belief, well, I do have a lot of theories um, and here, and they're all unsubstantiated by research. Yeah. But my one theory is that if you are a parent, you gave birth to guilt. Now, now it could be a natural birth or an adoption birth. Um, if you have a child, you have given birth to guilt, most likely. And we let our parent guilt and our fear that we're failing our kids kind of hijack our brain. And then it kind of makes us less effective. Um, and of course, we want self-awareness to understand what triggered our own emotions. The best thing we can do to help our kids be resilient is to initiate the repair process with them because we're the therapeutic agents of change as parents. Yeah, absolutely. And as therapists, we want to help parents become the therapeutic agents of change. Um, and, and part of that is helping them recognize, oh yeah, my, in my case, cause I'm a mom, I'm, my mommy guilt got triggered. Yeah. <laughs> is that really true? Am I the worst mother on the planet? Eh. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I, think, I feel uh, that way. Yeah. I, I don't think, think I am one of, though. One of the biggest things I'm trying to kind of look at in this podcast is kind of letting go of that parent guilt and that comparisons that we do to others and I do it all oh the goodness. time no matter how much I talk about it I'm like no no I only put the good stuff out or I only talk about the good stuff and but I guess the more we talk about it and the more open we all are then hopefully right we can dispel that myth that we all have to be somehow the perfect parent and that is the only way to raise happy children um, well, first and foremost, pursuing happiness, it's a pursuit, but, but we can't be happy 100% of the time, Absolutely. all day, every day. It's not even possible. So why are we pursuing that? Yeah, why It's are more we about peace, contentment, resiliency, and out of that comes happiness. So, I mean, we want happiness um, because you know, we need joy. Joy is part of life. It helps us engage in life and, and enjoy life. So we want that. It's just that we can't make that our sole focus. I Absolutely. Don't yeah, no, yeah. definitely. And I think it's just allowing you to kind of go, yeah, no, that's okay. That's how I feel. I don't feel happy today. So therefore I don't have to be happy with the kids and we can have yeah. a, and then a drama day and we can have a movie and we don't need to feel guilty about that. Right. Yeah. The key is what do we do with that? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we've, I mean, I, I have kids. I did not get the easy ones. I'm a firm yeah. believer that that's God's way of saying, girl, you do not know it all. And you better have compassion for those other parents. <laughs> Absolutely. Mental health field. And you do not know it all. Do not judge up there in your head. Um, yeah, I mean, there were days I think to myself, oh my God, I just want to throw him out the window. Did I really want to throw him out the window? No. In my head, was I frustrated? And did I like him in that moment? No. Did yeah. he like me in the moment? No. Did he, <laughs> do we love each other? Yes. Yeah. 
And I think that's it. I think you've got to say to yourself, I can feel like that. This moment of feeling only lasts, as you say, for a moment. But as you say, thinking about the brain and we've gone into our kind of reptilian brain as well. We've gone into that animalistic part because we're dealing with it with the children. And yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Living in a family is messy. Um, and it, I mean, you can't hide from family members cause they see all your stuff. And to me, it's, it's more about, um, one, I need to recognize my own part in the problem. I can take accountability for my problem. My emotions give me information. I do not want to be ruled by my emotions. I do need to pay attention to them though because they give me really good information. So for instance, like right now, I want to throw my child out the window. Why, you know, like, I'm so mad. Why am I mad? Well, I'm mad because they're throwing a temper tantrum and I'm not in the mood. Yeah. (laughs) Not (laughs) in the mood for, or I'm stressed. This is not a good time for a temper tantrum. Could you just have it in a different time? (laughs) But the kids know, they pick up on that, don't they? They They pick up on the fact that you're feeling stressed. And I guess that's the other thing to put out there is actually, if you start talking to your children about how you're feeling, then they'll start talking to them about how you're feeling. And yeah, and we have to be careful about that, too. You know, like mommy's having a bad day. I'm so so, you know, I can't tell you how many times I said that. Mommy's, I'm sorry, buddy. I'm having a hard day. Um, I'm just kind of stressed right now. Let's see what we can do. What do you need? I don't have to tell them and go into detail oh, no, why no, I'm yeah. why yeah. I'm stressed. You know, like I got all these bills going on, and <laughs> and uh, you know, I say, "Mummy's just having a bit of a grumpy time," and they yeah. say, "Oh, does Mummy need a cuddle?" And say, "Yeah, Mummy needs a cuddle." Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and it's but it's again just acknowledging that that's okay to say that, and right as you yeah. say, you don't have to go into all the details, but you have to put the emotion out there so that children feel happy to talk about their emotions too and think about what those different emotions can be because I think we've looked at in past episodes that they might be showing you one emotion but feeling another and it's just about kind of regulating that with them and explaining that right yeah that's a really good point and I call that cueing from an attachment standpoint we would look at how are they cueing me yeah like what is their behavior um, saying while they're, they might be like screaming and yelling and gnashing of teeth, um, and saying mean things to you. Like, I, I hate you and you're the worst mother, or I'm going to jump off the stairs and kill myself or, you know, something like that, which are scary. Those are scary things that kids in distress can say to their parent, what they're, what, that's the behavior and the word part. The, the cue part is I'm really feeling out of control yeah. and I'm stressed and I'm scared and I don't know what to do. And I need you to know what to do and how yeah. to help me. I don't need you to get sucked in and get on the roller coaster with me. Yeah. Um, I need you to stay on the platform and help me get back off the roller coaster and join you on the platform. Absolutely. As you say, it's like that name it to tame it, isn't it? It's like let's name yeah. that emotion, let's look after it together and think yeah. about that. 
there is lots of kind of information there for us to kind of process but I guess the key bits are kind of that co-regulating that rebuilding our children for resilience and thinking about kind of putting the emotions out there and talking about them yeah yeah so I end each time yeah no go yeah yeah it takes time sometimes sometimes it it may take an hour sometimes um, it may take longer. I'll tell you when my, one of my sons was a teenager, <laughs> he would give me the silent treatment for a week. It was brutal. And then my husband said to me, why are you upset? Because he's not talking to you. He's not talking to you. Do you get that? Like you get a break. Like he's usually Mr. Bossy pants. You know, yeah. Cause he's a teenager and he's got like a really super smart brain. So I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. I'm not getting yelled at. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But, but he knew I was there, you yeah. know, he knew I was there and I gave him some space. He calmed down and then his dad got involved because sometimes you need to tag team with some other yeah, people definitely. in your life. And his dad would come around the other side and say, look, buddy, you were not treating your mom so well there. Um, and, you know, you, you really can't be talking to people that way. Yeah. And then eventually we'd kind of work it out. So sometimes it takes a while. Yeah. And I guess it's accepting that as well and not trying to rush that process and think about that and just kind of, yeah. as you say, with everything, it's kind of living in the moment and taking each step at a time, one step at a time. Because as you said earlier, we don't know what's ahead of us. We don't know what's in the future. Yeah. Yeah. Especially yeah. in the time we're living with now and the time we're recording this and, it's kind of taking every step. So thinking about that, I kind of look each episode at what, if you had your pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, what would you have it filled with? What's your top tip to people out there that are listening? Um, in my pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, I would say be mindfully present yeah. in the moment with our kids as much as possible um, because that, that puts some of those emotional deposits into the relationship. And when things are more stressful, we do need to slow things down and look at our priorities. I think one of the, the I, I always try to look at the silver lining or the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow like, what can this help me learn? Yeah. What can this teach me? How can I use this to be, um, like they say in the circle of security model for attachment, bigger, bigger, stronger, wiser, wiser and kind. Um, I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan. So I like to use this as opportunities to channel my inner Gandalf. <laughs> I love that. Wise, wise wizard. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I really like that. So just being yeah. really present and that stuff. So thank you so much for coming on today. So where can people find out more about what you do? Yeah, thank you. Um, so I, uh, on my website, I do have a new book out for a mental health therapist to kind of teach them that attachment framework uh, or the attachment parenting with their children. Um, it specifically focuses on the uh, trauma, but it, the skills themselves are generalizable. 
um, and I do have some trainings, all of those can be found on my website, Renewing Hearts Counseling and Consulting. And Brilliant. the web address is www.rrhcounseling.com. Brilliant. And I will put all those links in the show notes of this recording when it goes live. So thank you. As I said, thank you very much for coming. And just so the listeners know, next week we'll be speaking to Amanda Pittman and she looks at using yoga and how to help your mental health through doing that. And definitely as parents, what we can do for self-care. And she's got a network of people that she does through that so we look forward to speaking to her then so again thank you very much Kathy for coming on today take care for now everyone bye-bye thanks